you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman ho 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 happy holidays everyone you know it's this season these events like thanksgiving christmas hanukkah all these festive things that make the winter worth it for me because after January 15th, you know, it's cold for no reason and that starts to get a little trying. But during this time, I can really embrace the snow, embrace the cold, embrace running from store to store in my puffy jacket, thinking of all the things I need to get people or as I'm doing this year because we are so busy at affordable interior design. Instead of racing around from store to store, I'm in my onesie pajamas on my sectional couch under my polar fleece blanket shopping online. Let's keep it real. But I do have a hot toddy next to me and my Dura Flame is lit. Right? Can you picture it? That's my night tonight. I cannot wait. All right, speaking of can't wait, let's dig into this mailbag. There's lots to talk about. So my first question comes from Susan. Susan writes, Hi, Betsy. Your podcast is so helpful to me during the renovation of my dream home in Rhode Island. The design is coming together using your color and layout tips. My kitchen table is moved to the center of the arch. I did that six months ago, and it feels great. Can you help me decide on the style, shape, material of a new light fixture over my kitchen table? The new fixture will need to swag from an existing socket that's off center of the table since the ceiling is stained wood and we won't be able to patch that existing hole. I'm considering metal, thank you for your feng shui class, which will help to balance out this overload of wood, but I don't want to obstruct the views. What shape should the fixture be? Should it be a globe or square or maybe a chandelier? I'm not opposed to something with a few crystals, but should I consider something other than metal? All right, Susan, your note goes on, but I want to stop right here and answer these questions and then we'll get to the rest. So first of all, congrats on getting a home in Rhode Island. I went to Rhode Island for the first time, really, like, you know, not just driving through, but really stopping and staying. I went to Narragansett this summer with my family. 
And I was so enchanted. I was like, what am I doing in New York? I need to live here. I need to be close to these cliffs and the ocean and the seafood. It was amazing. And I think I found my go-to place for every summer vacation, but I'll try and stay open. That's the beautiful thing about the East Coast is there's so many options from Maine to Massachusetts to Long Island to now Rhode Island, Delaware, Virginia. The options are really almost endless. As a gal from Missouri who had never seen an ocean or even large body of water besides the Mississippi River until I was 16, living near water has just been transformative. I have a view of the Hudson River from my home and it just brings me peace. Where has water been all my life? So I'm feeling a little jealous, Susan, I'm just going to put that out there, but I'm also very excited for you because finding your dream home is really so satisfying, isn't it? You can really set down roots and make changes that reflect your personality without thinking of resale value. And that is liberating. All right, let's get to that question. So you have a rectangular table based on the pictures that you sent me. It's rectangular with rounded edges. It is centered over an arch that kind of connects open living spaces, right? But separates the dining room from what appears to be a family or living room. Now this is goofy. You do have this really offset pendant light that is far to the left of the room while the table is more central. And it is going to severely limit your options to swag. If this is your dream home, I mean, I think the swag is really compromising and not attractive. And as I mentioned, quite limiting in terms of your options. You typically wouldn't be able to do a linear pendant because that doesn't have a cord type fixture to the ceiling. Instead, it's typically rods that drop down, which you can't do because you need a swag. You also may not be able to do anything very heavy. There's all sorts of limitations. And if you're going to be here forever, I would investigate the option of patching that wood and staining it. I really would. The other reason is because the pendant that's currently there has a canopy and the canopy is the metal piece that attaches or covers the electrical connection between the ceiling and the fixture right? Most of the time they're small five or six inch diameter circles. In this case, it's a big like 10 inch by 10 inch square. Who knows what madness is under there? You may find that you will have to stain and patch anyway, because maybe it's faded under there from where the sun hasn't been able to get to that piece of ceiling. Maybe they didn't even stain that part under there. Maybe you're going to be left with this really weird square. I would take that canopy down and see what's going on before you limit yourself to a swag pendant, because who knows, you may still be left with a pretty big problem. All right. Let's just say you weren't left with a problem. Let's just say you must do a swag. As I mentioned before, it's really going to limit what you can choose. You'll have to choose something that has a cord or has some kind of swag, whether it's a chain or something like that, uh, because you wouldn't want to do any kind of rod or any kind of cord cover that then leads to a drop down. You just don't want to get too complicated or weird, right? This is supposed to enhance the look of your dining room, not take away from it. 
So you'll find that there aren't many options for you to do something crystal. Now, the one thing I want to keep in mind, typically above a rectangular table, if it's a very long rectangular table, which is yours is not, right? It might be with extension leaves, but right now it appears to be 60 inches long by maybe 42 to 48 inches deep. And that's perfectly standard and not extra long. If your table was over 60 inches, I'd be recommending a linear pendant or a linear chandelier, which tends to be a long fixture rather than a round fixture. I don't tend to do square fixtures too much just because you're limited in options. Now, based on your style, that will tell you which material you should embrace. Crystals are right for certain styles and not right for other styles. Based on this picture, I'm guessing that your style is transitional, which is a mix of traditional and contemporary. Now, it also appears that you have amazing views of a body of water. That's why I'm drooling over here. So if that is the case, I would want you to do something somewhat open, right? I wouldn't want you to do a large shade or drum that would block this view. I would recommend doing something more open, again, shooting for that metal. In this case, you'd probably do bronze to match the sideboard on the far wall, or you could do a mix of brass and bronze. Those two metals play very well together, and I think they'd look very nice in this space with your transitional style. So yes, I'm thinking something open, something metal, something maybe with exposed bulbs, or very minimal shades, so that way you're not blocking this enchanting view. The other thing you wanna think about when it's above a dining table is you don't wanna hang it too high, which is a common problem. From the top of the table to the bottom of the fixture, it should be 29 to 34 inches, ideally. And you also don't wanna get anything too deep because when people sit down and get up, you don't want them hitting their head on the fixture. You wanna keep it relatively narrow. In this case, if my eye estimation is correct, it'd be between 18 and 24 inches deep. Now it could be longer than that since the table's longer than that, but if you're doing a round piece, whether it's a pendant or a chandelier, I'd stick to that 18 by 24 so that it's not bothering people when they get up and down from the dining table. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right, Susan, let's get to your next question. 
The next question is, I will also need a ceiling light for the office room. I'm considering a semi-flush drum. Should it be made of the same material and finish since it can be seen from the kitchen? Do you have specific lights to suggest? I don't love shopping. You see the house is coastal and my style is tranquil transitional. Well, there we go. Yes, it is tranquil transitional. I agree with you. And you mentioned that my metal finishes are brushed nickel. Now, wait, 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 wait. Look at that sideboard over there. Your metal finishes are not brushed nickel. Maybe they are elsewhere, but that's not what I'm seeing everywhere. So double check that because brushed nickel does not play well with oil rubbed bronze. All right, so go check that and let me answer this question. I love a semi-flush drum. I think that's a great idea. I would not love it in a kitchen because the fabric around that drum would get greasy and stained. But for an office, I think it's a really great idea. I would recommend playing with the metal finishes that you're playing with throughout. Um, while I can't recommend specific lights necessarily, I can recommend specific websites. I love Lamps Plus. I love Circa Lighting if you want to spend a little bit more because this is your dream house. I love Ballard Designs. I love Pottery Barn. All those would go really well with this style. So that's what I would recommend. Look there. And then you have a PS for me. PS, considering having the tabletop painted navy, it's currently French blue. Since I learned your three color tip, my three colors are navy, teal, and burnt orange. Would the navy be too matchy-matchy with the chair, fabric, and rug, which are also navy? I can switch out the carpet. Thank you, Susan. Yes, you are in danger of this room becoming the blue room, right? Now, maybe you could layer some accents on the center of the table that embrace that rust. Maybe you could bring in a new rug that has elements of rust to shake it up a little bit. But in this room, I'm not seeing the burnt orange. And if you're truly incorporating that color, well, then you need to bring it in in here. So, Susan, I hope that helps. Now let's get to my next question in the mailbag. All right. My next question comes from Jamie. Jamie writes, hi, Betsy. Thank you for taking the time and energy to put out such amazing content. Your design wisdom has helped me so much in creating the home of my dreams. I'm writing you today for advice on a very large piece of furniture that was gifted to us by my mother-in-law. It really is very pretty. It's a country table with six chairs in honey oak, and it has detailing that just screams rustic farmhouse. The problem is our 1889 home is decorated in a style that's a little bit more eclectic traditional. We have medium tone woods throughout our house, and it matches the planked ceiling in the adjoining living room, which gives off a speakeasy feel. Our dining room has very tall ceilings with white wainscoting, and we painted the textured wallpaper Benjamin Moore's Hale Navy. We have a wrought iron wagon wheel fixture that's going to be going in the dining room as well. The light wood of the table makes it look like it doesn't belong. I would just stain the table, but the tabletop seems to be a molded laminate. I fear that painting the set will just bring more of a country feel. My mother-in-law seems as though she might be upset if we did anything to the table. As the chairs came with seat pads in a red color that did not match her home, I promptly took them off and she was very disappointed in that small reversible change. What do I do to make this work and not hurt her feelings? Thank you so much for all your help, Jamie. 
Jamie, this is where psychology comes into play. And I must tell you, I deal with clients all the time who have been quote unquote gifted furniture pieces. These are not gifts. These are obligations. These tie you down, especially if they don't go with your aesthetic. I'm hearing that this is really dissonant with the style you have going on, even though I don't see pictures to prove that point. Because sometimes farmhouse can go eclectic, but it sounds like that's just not jiving with what you're doing here. So I would have a courageous conversation with your mother-in-law and say, we really appreciate this set, but it doesn't go with what we're looking for. Can we give it back to you? Is there somewhere you'd like us to sell it and give you the proceeds? Perhaps you have a room in the basement where you could use it. Maybe you could ask her if that would be all right. I just think that the dining table is such an important piece. It's a critical moment. And if you compromise on that piece, well, it all goes downhill from there in that room. Now, if you don't want to rock the boat, if you don't want to deal, put a tablecloth on it, right? Uh, I don't like tablecloths typically, but it sounds like it's going to be better than that laminate top. And I really don't want you to paint the laminate. I mean, I'm open, but I just think it's going to come out a little bit uh, DIY'd and it won't be so cool or sophisticated. Um, so yeah, I think this is the time to have a courageous conversation. I think this is the time to say, hey, Let's see what we can do here. And I would recommend having your spouse broach this conversation. It's not your job to deal with mother-in-law, especially in times that are a little bit more tense, right? Or with subject matter that's a little bit more difficult. I think this is the perfect opportunity to have the spouse step up to the plate and negotiate this situation. All right, Jamie, I hope that helped. My last question for today comes from Sarah. Sarah writes, Dear Betsy, hi from Alaska. I discovered your podcast last summer and binge listened all of them. Now I listen to each one as they come out and I've also read your book. Thank you so much for sharing with us. We recently moved into the house we've been remodeling for three years. We moved from a very small space and need to get a lot of grown-up furniture. I have a question about side tables. A lot of inspiration pieces on Pinterest just don't have them. Do you get matching ones? All right. So let me stop with each question because there's a lot of questions. So I'm surprised that the pictures you're seeing on Pinterest do not have side tables. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com's portfolio and you'll see lots of side tables because I use them all the time. Not just because they add fun shapes, colors, and sizes to the room, but also because they're practical. Like we need to put down a book, a drink, a remote, coasters, Kleenex box, lamp, we need side tables and so do you. Now, I do find, as you mentioned later, because you say, I know that the side table should be the same height as your couch arm, but most of them that I've seen are very short. Yes, that is a problem. Typically, an end table, if it's going next to a couch or if it's going next to a chair with an arm, needs to be between 24 and 26 inches high. These days, there are so many side tables that are between 18 and 22 inches high, and you don't want to be reaching down six inches to put your cup or drink, right? 
And so that can be problematic with a standard size sofa. It's not problematic with a slipper chair that has no arms. It's not problematic with a lower style sofa that you might find at a more modern store like Rochebeau Bois, Ligne Rosé, or CB2. But for standard furniture pieces, 22 and below is low. It's more the size of a stool. So I find that it's very important to check out the specs before you add something like that to your cart. And I don't typically do matching ones. Typically what I do is an end table on one side and a floor lamp on the other side. I find that side tables are a really fun place to shake things up. If I'm going for a more traditional or even transitional design, I might play with symmetry and do two end tables on either side of a sofa that are the same, but that's rare for me, very rare. Your next question is, do you also use coffee tables? Heck yes. Heck yes, I use coffee tables. Again, they're so practical, especially if you want to play games like cards in the living room area. That's how we use ours a lot. Or if you just want to put things down, drinks, snacks for entertaining. I use coffee tables all the time. You should definitely have one. All right, your next question is, how do you choose side tables and coordinate them so that they aren't too matchy-matchy? Also, how do you add the lamps so they aren't matchy-matchy? Help. Thank you so much, Sarah. So what you want to do, Sarah, is you want to mix and match materials. So if you have one wood-toned side table, then the next side table that you add next to a chair or a chaise would then be of a different texture. If you have one side table that has a metal base, then across the room, you would not do a coffee table or an end table that also has a metal base. You constantly want to be thinking about contrast because that is what makes your design look complex and professional. Now, choosing lamps, uh, you know, you play with the same rule. You wouldn't do the same texture of lamp that is the texture of the table. So for instance, if I have a white side table, I'm not going to put a white lamp on top of it. There's no contrast there. If I have a marble in table, I'm not going to put a stone lamp on top of it. It's the same material. So I'm always thinking of mixing materials in each moment in each vignette so that it looks complex and designerly. All right, Sarah, I hope that helped. Please incorporate accent tables. Guys, it has been such a pleasure talking to you again today. I hope everyone has a very merry holiday season. Until next time, bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S.
links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MDCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.